The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Hey there, friend. Did you have a good weekend? Did you have a good weekend? I hope you had a great weekend. I had a great weekend. My wife and our youngest daughter, she's 18. How did that happen? That we got to the point when our youngest is 18 going off to college this fall. But uh, if you're looking for a really cool city, a really cool place to go for a long weekend, I would uh, strongly recommend Chattanooga, Tennessee. We went out there to see my sister and her husband, uh, which was a great time just spending time with them. But the city of Chattanooga is just right there along the Tennessee River and uh, Lookout Mountain and and, uh, all kinds of Civil War history. It's a really cool downtown, incredible aquarium, great just downtown nightlife, uh, music, festivals, art. Both sides of the river, they have a they converted one of their old bridges to just pedestrian walk across the river there, which is significant. It's a big the the river is real big there in Chattanooga and it just winds through the city. Super cool place. So there you go. There's a recommendation for you to uh, if you're looking for a long weekend, a really cool place to go. Chattanooga, Tennessee. So we just got back not that long ago, about an hour and a half ago. So flying by the seat of my pants a little bit today. But I wanted to uh, go through a series of stories that I want to keep you up to date on and always from a Christian perspective uh, and things that are happening have happened that continue to happen and, and have a, have a, help us to have an understanding through a Christian worldview lens of how that works, which, by the way, is exactly what I do with all the classes that I teach for high school homeschoolers. So you're starting to hear the, the ads on the show for Noble U. Uh, the easiest way to get involved with that, if you have children or grandchildren that are in 8th to 12th grade, I, I teach U.S. history, civics, Christian ethics, and adding world history this fall, all from a Christian perspective. I teach in real time, so I have in-person classes. I have all four classes are now online. But the, but when you watch my online classes, uh, you, de- you do that asynchronously, meaning you don't have to Log in when I'm teaching the class, your student watches, or you, if you want to audit the classes, you can audit all four of my classes if you want for a greatly reduced rate because you don't have to do any homework, which is cool, right? But all four of my classes that are online, they're all going to watch the class that I taught that week starting this fall because I teach in real time, just like I do the radio show. I'm always talking about the news of the day, what's going on in the news, breaking news, what's coming up. And then I fold all that stuff into all four subjects. So my classes are really alive and relevant because I'm teaching like you would expect a talk radio show host to teach through a well-developed, robust Christian worldview. So that's all there. The easiest way to get involved with that, if you want to check that out, just text the word truth Text the word truth to 66866. That's it. And then we'll get you in, uh, an information stream about Noble U. We'll send you a couple of my recent classes. You can watch those. Also, that'll enter you in. We're doing a drawing on June 1st. I'm giving away four free tuitions for four students, free tuition for four students. So that's all uh, accessible for you. you. You, if you have sons or daughters, whether in their public school or not, I, I don't care. I just want to teach them biblically and accurately. But just text the word truth to 66866, and that will get you in the information flow, get you entered for uh, the free tuition giveaway I'm doing on June 1st. Truth to 66866. Speaking of the truth, 
All right, so what's going on with this 21-year-old in, in the, in the uh, National Guard? He's not even a high-level guy leaking all this information. Basically, he's leaking all this classified information, military information, to his, uh, his nerdy buddies online in a chat group that he's in, uh, trying to be cool. But what, what's a guy, a 21-year-old, what's a 21-year-old doing gaining access? Is our system of classified information that porous? Well, you can either uh, get a 21-year-old to do it, or you can just put a box next to your Corvette. You can drop a couple boxes down into your uh, Florida mansion, whatever the case may be. So we have an obvious issue there. It's, uh, and I heard a great uh, guy earlier today talking on Glenn Beck, who's just brilliant. I'm trying to remember his name. Josh Rogan. <clears throat> Guy's really good. Not Joe Rogan, Josh Rogan. And he was talking about, listen, we, we overclassify a lot of stuff. And then the stuff that actually is classified, we have uh, not a great hold on. So the Biden administration announces, not him because he can't do that. Biden administration uh, announces new actions on secret documents after embarrassing leak. Of course, it's not embarrassing when he does it, uh, you know, in the box next to the Corvette. But <laughs> when a 21-year-old, you better be embarrassed, but are they actually going to do anything about it? I mean, this is if a 21 year old National Guard guy up there in the northeast quadrant of the country can get into that. What do you think uh, President Xi's folks can do? What do you think they can do? We're going to talk about China a little bit more today because that's a big deal. So that's Biden, who just if you watched any of his trip to uh, Ireland and Scotland area, I mean, it's just it's just embarrassing. So we'll see. Uh, my old hometown of Chicago. Do you see this? A teen mob goes wild in downtown Chicago. Hundreds of unruly teenagers descended into downtown Chicago late Saturday and essentially rioted reportedly because they weren't allowed into Millennium Park, which, according to reports, is only open to those uh, over 21 after 6 p.m. on Thursdays. Oh, yeah. So when you don't get what you want, you should just riot. Meanwhile, as the teens jumped on cars and smashed the w- windows, two other teens nearby were shot non-fatally and taken to a hospital for treatment. Police said a 16-year-old boy was shot in the arm and a 17-year-old boy was shot in the leg. And then, of course, you saw what happened at that uh, Sweet 16 party. And uh, a, a college-bound athlete was shot and killed. And just heartbreaking what's going on in this country. And uh, mental health is a much bigger issue than... Gun control, but we don't want to talk about mental health. And in these issues, when you have something like these teen mobs going wild in downtown Chicago, they were doing this in Miami. You see this in a lot of cities where there are young people that smash and grab 20, 30 of them show up in a Sephora store or whatever. And they go in there and they just start smashing stuff and taking stuff. And, and the one thing that most people don't want to talk about, at least not in the media, mainstream media, is the fact that overwhelmingly, the, and, and be careful here when I say this, all right, don't get all triggered. The overwhelming percentage of these young people are African-Americans, which shows you what's going on in our inner cities is just a complete train wreck. And that's a that's a train wreck that is very multifaceted. It's not the kind of train wreck that Pete Buttigieg just writes off. There's a whole lot to that issue. And to not address the fact that this is almost always uh, predominantly, if not exclusively, African-Americans just calls out for what in the world's going on in that community. Fatherhood, a huge problem. Lack of education, a huge problem. There's a lot to that. And so as a Christian, my heart just kind of grieves over that. I'm like, okay, 
Is anybody, besides politicians, taking advantage of it? Is anybody doing anything to actually address all these myriad of issues in that community? It's heartbreaking. This is Steve Noble. We'll be right back. Let it be said. Let it be said, I really like my bump music. Just, you know, why I pick it. This is Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Welcome back. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, I was not here on Friday. Just replayed the show from the other day with our buddy Steve Dace, as well as Chuck Consulman and Carrie Solomon, the two writer-directors of Nefarious, which did not do great at the box office over the weekend. Uh, and, but, you know, the screens were limited. And there's a ton of movies coming out. There's a bunch more movies coming out this week. So, but it's still showing in a lot of places. So if you haven't seen it yet, and I, and I saw on Facebook and some friends of mine, most of them were like, oh man, that was powerful. What a great reminder of the spiritual reality, spiritual warfare and darkness and the demonic activity. And some other people are like, oh man, I just don't know if I can do it. Okay. I understand where you're coming from, but I think for a Christian, it's kind of like iron sharpening iron. Is it ever a bad thing to be reminded about uh, the reality that we have an enemy who hates us and hates God. And I think a lot of us just thought, oh, yeah, spiritual warfare, Ephesians chapter 6, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Got it. I know. But did, really? Like how often are we thinking spiritual warfare when you're working through the news of the day or watching a popular series on Netflix? Because Satan's at work all over the place, just like Peter said. It's like a roaring lion prowling around seeking whom he can devour. He hates you. He hates me. He hates God. And all of his followers hate God and hate you and hate me. Nefarious is a great way to be reminded of that at, at, a, at a visceral, emotional level, which I think as a Christian is healthy to be reminded. So if you want to find Nefarious near you, NefariousTickets.com still out there, NefariousTickets.com. On the crime thing that I was mentioning, uh, get this, a third, no, this is just ridiculous. A third of New York City shoplifting committed by the same 347 people. So if you want to cut shoplifting in New York City by a third, Mayor and Attorney uh, uh, D.A. Bragg, uh, take those 347 people and punish them severely relative to their crime. Wow, what a shock. A large share of the shoplifting crimes in New York City are committed by the same people. Roughly a third of the city's shoplifting crimes were committed by the same 327 people. This cohort, listen to this, accounted for over 6,000 arrests and re-arrests, according to reporting by the New York Times. The report also claims 18 department stores and seven department chains accounted for 20% of the targeted lo- uh, locations. Uh, law enforcement have set a slate, uh, a set of slate shoplifting rings have wreaked havoc on the city's retail and lax bail laws have made it d- very difficult to hold them to account. No kidding. No kidding. 300 people in a city of 9 million. So if you want to deal with shoplifting, just go after these 300 plus people and shut down all these loopholes and give them a, a much more severe crime for that. Uh, no, we can't do that because uh, racism, hashtag racism, which means more and more people will continue to flee the city, which means the tax burden will fall on fewer and fewer people, which means the tax burden is going to go up per capita. And that's why people are leaving California. That's why people are leaving New York. And they're going to places like Tennessee and Texas and here in North Carolina and down in Florida, 
which makes sense. And so these things will eventually collapse in on themselves. I was saying during the break, hey, you know, we have the gun, we have the these terrible these terrible mass shootings, and the last several have been with quote unquote assault right style rifles. And so I, Republicans, Democrats, you know what the Democrats want on the Republican side? I'd say, okay, here, all right, fine, because this is what I like to do to people. I'd be like, fine. Uh, well, the country's not going to fall apart. Uh, ban it. Let's ba- let's ban all assault, rif- rif- all assault rifle sales for uh, 12 months. And then we'll see. And at the end of that 12 months, if we don't have a significant decrease in crime, violent crime, murders, especially mass murders, mass shootings, then it didn't work. But if we do, then you'd have to have the moral compass, the, the humility to say, okay, all right, let's, let's do another year and let's see if it stays that way. I think it won't work because that doesn't solve the, the ultimate problem of human depravity, S-I-N, sin. But at this point, I'd be like, go ahead and try it. Just like defunding the police, go ahead and try all these things. New York, you want to keep electing people like this? Chicago, you want to elect a mayor that's more progressive than uh, a Lightfoot? Go ahead. Because the mayor in Chicago is like, now let's not demonize these youths because the reason they're out there going crazy is because we don't have enough uh, opportunities for them. And we really need to have more special programs that they can go and do things to kind of let off steam. Okay. Okay, dude. As long as you don't want to put personal responsibility in hey, my, my, I've had a tough life. My people have had a tough life. We've had a tough story for a few hundred years here in America. Okay. I, I understand. Inner city life is brutal. I, I understand as much as I can. Bad education. Yep, I understand. All those things. They're all real. They're all legitimate. They're all facets of a big, ugly diamond. But does any of that erase, should it erase, personal responsibility? Do you think God grades on a scale like that? Your parents were abusive, your wife's abusive, your husband's abusive, you have this problem, you have that problem, and so your sin gets a pass. Of course not, because you're responsible for the choices you make, despite how difficult your background or your current situation is, which is why the Bible says repeatedly over and over again, pray for your enemies, turn the other cheek, show deference to others, above yourself. So... (laughs) That should make perfect sense if you're a believer, right? How about this? According to uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, whatever her name is, the White House press secretary, who's just the worst in my his, my adult life, uh, and they say that the economy's humming along, man. It's doing great. Here's a great article. Thanks, Billy. CNBC. These five charts show how much two years of inflation have really cost you. Two years. Why two? Because one is deceptive. If you only look at one, And Biden comes out, you know, hey, uh, year over year, as of April, year over year, it came down from 9.1% to 5%. Hey, that's good news for struggling consumers, right? But what if you look at two years, which is what CNBC did? The year over year inflation only looks back one year, even though inflation has been persistently high for the last two. To get a more accurate sense of how prices have risen, CNBC make it looked at consumer price index data starting in April of 2021. Thank you, President Biden. To see how much more uh, Americans are actually paying for everyday items. Get this. In that time, the cost of essentials like groceries, utilities, and gas increased by 20% or more. The cost of 
all items on the index increased by 13% in that time. So when uh, Sleepy Joe, somewhere on the senility range, sad to say, came into office to today, up 13% across the board, and on some things like groceries, utilities, and gas, by 20%. Yet they say, hey, we're doing great. I don't know what all these crazy conservatives are talking about, but things are great. Are they really? No, they are not. And that's why facts matter. Now, as I've said umpteen times over the last several years, ideology trumps reality for progressives and for liberals. Ideology trumps reality. It doesn't matter what the reality is. You just keep spouting out your ideology. Stay on message. Tell your story. Stick to your narrative. Ignore the facts, especially the ones that contradict what you're saying. Stay on a message. For all my Star Wars friends, stay on target. Stay on target. Uh, It's not good news. It's bad news. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. How was that Bud Light you had over the weekend? That's just a little evangelical Christian joke there. I know that most of you probably don't drink Bud Light. There's a lot less people drinking Bud Light today than there were a few weeks ago, right? Because they had that whole fiasco uh, with Dylan Mulvaney, who really is is like this quote-unquote TikTok star, very disturbed, mentally ill, emotionally ill, completely messed up kid who's now presenting himself as a girl. He's super skinny. Everything about it is just disturbing. And, 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 and when I see him and when I see his little videos and all that kind of stuff, I mean, there, I, mean I struggle with some of the, the, the adjectives that I'll use to describe him. But also, I mean, and then the world's just putting money into his pocket. He sat down with the president of the United States like four months ago or something. And then Bud Light uses him for uh, March Madness, apropos, and uh, it's just amazing. And they're getting hammered, right? They're just getting hammered. 365 days of girlhood. Dylan, who had previously been interviewed on trans issues by President Biden himself. So imagine this. Just think, this is where we're at. God bless America. This is where we are. A somewhat senile president of the United States interviews a completely disturbed, mentally ill young man who likes to present himself as a woman. And that took place in the White House. Was celebrating, Dylan was celebrating 360 days of girlhood with a grotesquely misogynistic caricature that would discuss just about the whole market for this beer. Indeed, this, this is from Brownstone Institute. Indeed, this person's cosplay might as well be designed to discredit the entire political agenda of gender dysphorics. Sure enough, because we don't have mandates on what beers you must buy, sales of the beer plummeted. The parent company, Anheuser-Busch's uh, Anheuser stock, lost $5 billion or 4% in value since the ad campaign rolled out. Sales have fallen 50 to 70%. Now, there's other beers. By the way, if, you, if you're a beer drinker, you might want to go check uh, who your beer is in bed with. Because like Coors, for example, is a huge supporter of the LGBTQ community, except they just haven't come out and done this on one of their cans which maybe they're feeling challenged about that now. So that's Bud Light. Then they come out. This is how this is how stupid Bud Light is. They're off Twitter for 2 weeks, then they just came back with the typical Anheuser-Busch bring out the Clydesdales, walk them around all of the iconic American things in the country, Niagara Falls, 
Uh, up in South Dakota, what is that? Where the presidents are? I hate being 57 and stuff. Just slip. You're all yelling it. I know. I, I just can't hear you. Uh, other iconic things, the, the arch in St. Louis, whatever. So they come out with this ad on the heels of Dylan Mulvaney, who's dressed like a girl. And they're just getting hammered for it. Because everybody's like, hey, uh, what, uh, what gender do the Clydesdales identify as? TGIF, Bud Light tweeted along with an image of frosty blue and white can of its no longer top-selling brew. And they just got hammered. They're that stupid. And, and what's the deal with that? And then the, the CEO came out and said, you know, kind of a oops. I'm like, no, uh-uh. They're just trying to play the base. Because the people that watch your advertising are the people that use your product. And so now they're trying to, to now they're trying to come back around. They just got caught with their cookie in the transgender cookie jar. And so now they're paying the price another oops, you know, hey, we, we just wanted to promote inclusiveness and and blah 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 blah. I'm like, "Really, dude? No you didn't. You wanted to promote whoever's in charge there, uh, your worldview, and you're afraid of standing up against this cultural juggernaut, which is ridiculous." Which for us as Christians, I'm just going to go back to Psalm 23. We talked about this last Thursday on Theology Thursday when we talked about fear. Lo, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Even death for you and me, if you're in Christ, if you're a Christian. It's just a shadow, and you'd have to be a fool to be afraid of your shadow. You'd have to be a fool to be afraid of the radical transgender activist world, and they are. Plus, if they're lost, and most of them are, I assume, at Anheuser-Busch, then they, they feel like they're, 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 we're gonna, this is going to be good for us. We care about people, and we're going to show it. Except the transgender activist world and that whole messaging doesn't care about most people. I would say they don't even care about transgender people who need a massive amounts of counseling and help, not, which does not include a scalpel and testosterone and hormone blockers. And so there's all this warped virtue signaling. It's all Romans 1. It's reprobate thinking, reprobate mind, which cannot function in reality. And then they act like, wow, I can't believe we got hammered by the Bud, wise, by the Bud Light crowd for having a, a skinny boy who thinks he's a girl present the product. Really? You're, you're that out of touch? Again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Ideology trumps reality. They can't even see reality. They just see ideology and convince themselves that we're being heroes, man. We're social, we're, we're social uh, justice warriors. We're good people. We're taking up a cause like it's 1960 and they're marching in Selma. That's, that's what a reprobate mind looks like there. Speaking of reprobate minds, huh, there was this. The new UN-backed legal recommendations normalize sex with minors. All right, so you read that and you're like, okay, all right, hold on a second. Really? This is how I start just about every story when I see a headline like that. I'm like, come on. All right, what, what's the deal here? Because I know you're trying to get my click here on Fox News. What's the deal? A shocking report issued by international legal experts with the backing of the United Nations appears to open the floodgates to normalize sex with minors. Quote, sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual, in fact, if not in law, the Geneva-based International Commission of Jurists wrote in March with an assist from UNAIDS and the Office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. 
Go back to that sentence because all the problems right there. Sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age. I mean, that means these old fashioned laws like under 18, under 16. Sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual, in fact, if not in the law. Okay, maybe the law says it's wrong, and you backwards people, especially you Christians, but there could be totally consensual sex between a 13-year-old girl and a 50-year-old man or a 13-year-old boy and a 40-year-old man. That could be totally consensual. Even if the law says it doesn't, the U.N. and all of their progressive reprobate mind Romans 1 folks say that it could be consensual. Really? Because there's no way a 40-year-old man can manipulate a 13-year-old girl or a 14-year-old boy into thinking it's consensual. There's no way that that could happen. And this is the same group of people that think a 13-year-old can make a 13-year-old girl can make a decision to have a double mastectomy and have her breasts removed. That's the same group of people. Romans 1, over and over and over again. And it's the whole culture going in this direction, which we, we all know. If you understand eschatology, if you've studied the end times at all, you know the general state of mankind will end up back in the days of Noah where, where men and women did what's right in their own eyes continually. They did evil continually. That's the destination, and we're going to get there. We're, we're not not going to get there because God's word is true and everything that's in there, especially prophecy, is all going to happen. So we're heading there, which is why you see this. This is in the epic times. Researchers find explosion of youth gender dysphoria over the last decade. And, and I would just, I'm holding on my iPhone for everybody on Facebook Live. If you're a rumble person, we'll be back to that tomorrow. Josh is sick, my intern. Uh, this, I'm holding up my iPhone, which is why this problem has exploded. Transgender has exploded among American youth in the United States over the last decade. Americans between the ages of 13 and 17 make up nearly 20% of the people in the United States who identify as transgender. And I've said this before in my classes, my in-person classes, when I ask my students, they're basically 14 to 17, how many of you know somebody in the LGBTQ uh, realm personally? You know somebody that's in that world personally. It's 60, 70, sometimes 80%. It's everywhere. And in the Gen Z people that basically between the age of 15 and like 22, 23, 30, just north of 30% of them actually identify as LGBTQ. Now what's going on there? Why is that? Well, you've got a social contagion right here with the phone that I'm holding in my hand, TikTok. That's where Dylan Mulvaney is and he's out there and people are confused and we don't understand uh, that kind of this continuum. Not every boy acts like blue and army soldiers and basketballs. And so all of a sudden, if you don't fit that quote-unquote societal norm, wow, well, then you're trans. And what you really need to do is become a girl because you were born in the wrong body. And so they're looking for meaning. They're looking for acceptance. And the LGBTQIA plus community is excellent at acceptance because the more people they pull in, the better they feel about themselves, the more normal they feel. And, and, and I take no delight in saying that's a reprobate mind. That's how it works. If I, get, if I go from 10 people to 30 people and I go from 30 to 100 and we all are expressing the same things, then, then we're okay. And everybody else out there just doesn't understand. And then they're hateful, transphobic, homophobic, whatever. The more people we have in our tribe, the more legitimate our tribe must be. Because I want to feel legitimate. I want to be accepted. I want to be loved. I want to be exalted. This is all biblical language, friends. It's all biblical, all of it. 
which is why you really have to have a good operational biblical worldview. And when you do, all this stuff starts to make sense. Plus, your heart should break and you should pray. I'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Great to be with you. Great to be back in the studio. And uh, you can look at the stock market today. You can look at the Dow Jones Industrial, which is currently up uh, almost 100, uh, a little over 100 points. And you're like, yeah, baby, we're back. Uh, I would uh, caution you not so fast. Be careful there because these things, uh, it's like whiplash trying to follow this. But uh, somebody that always helps us do that. And do it well, and to do it with the love and the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit and, and through Christ himself is our good friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital, LandmarkGold.com, as always. David, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on your program, my brother. You're very welcome. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, before we dive into some of these troubling things, and, and I definitely want to bring in something I heard earlier today when I was listening to Glenn Beck when we were driving back. From Tennessee, but let's get our compass straight and get into the scripture first, and then we can proceed from there. But in the Old Testament here, of course, one of the major prophets in the book of Isaiah. We'll start there. Uh, chapter 1, verse 18a says, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Uh, wow, what a great <laughs> scripture that one day... We're sinful people, but by the shed blood of Jesus, we can become forgiven of that and become white as snow. I wish the financial system could go through that, but unfortunately, it can't. (laughs) Yeah, for those of us in Christ, that's a present reality. And and I remember having a conversation about this, David, with our son, Clay, who's now 22, a young father. and And he was like, we were talking about, man, I can't imagine heaven and all these people that aren't sinners. And he said... Uh, I can't imagine myself uh, not having sin. And I was like, there you wow. go. That's the right perspective there. Uh, and, and, but, but that's a reality right now in God's eyes. Of course, we still struggle with it in our daily lives. But one day, not, not then, which will be awesome. And, yes, that's exactly what the financial system, not only here in America but around the world, if it needs is to be born again. And yep. uh, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But a lot going on there. And thank you, as always, for starting us off with a passage of scripture. So this is not great, David. (laughs) Point number one, still more trouble ahead. Uh, What are you talking about? So the risk of recession is growing. The Fed, there's now a 90% chance the Fed's going to raise rates a quarter of a point in May, as the survey says. Warren Buffett even says more banks are going to go bust. Uh, Last week I said Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan, the largest bank, says more banks are going to go bust. He didn't say it that exact way, but he's saying it's going to get worse. Morgan Stanley's analysts are now forecasting the worst, greatest financial crisis uh, for real estate, commercial real estate. What uh, There's a Global Investment uh, Committee note written by Charlotte, uh, or Morgan Charlotte, excuse me, or Lisa Charlotte, get her name right, David. Sorry about that. Anyway, more than 50% of the commercial mortgages are going to need to be renegotiated in the next 24 months. That's $2.9 trillion is 100%, so half of that. And she is saying rates have gone up 350 to 450 basis points, and regional banks are on the hook for those 70 mm-hmm. to 80% of the regional banks all have these kind of loans 
We're not out of the woods. Regional banks could get in trouble through this. Uh, Morgan Stanley, Michael Wilson, stock strategist, uh, number one guy, he says, today we're far from out of the woods. That's exactly right. I was having a, a conversation with my <clears throat> brother-in-law over the weekend, and, we, and he referenced uh, a recent article that showed uh, commercial real estate occupation rates in downtown Chicago are at about 50%. Well, you can't survive. Nope. No commercial real estate company can survive. No commercial holdings can survive at 50% occupancy because you can't pay the mortgage, which is exactly what you're talking about. And yep. we can thank COVID and all the shutdowns for uh, adding to that trouble. So that's just major. I, I was referencing earlier, David, I was listening to Glenn Beck earlier today, who often has great guests on, a guy named Josh Rogan, who's excellent on uh, Chinese in terms of foreign policy. And he's talking about China and Taiwan and the dollar. And China moving aggressively away from the dollar uh, because in three to four years when they are ready to take Taiwan, they don't have to worry about sanctions from America because so much of their uh, business is not going to be done in U.S. dollars. And so what can we use against them? And I had never thought of that, but that made perfect sense. So de-dollarization is a big deal. It's continuing. It's almost like this whole thing is going a, a certain course that's uh, pre-planned, it looks <laughs> like. I don't want to get into a weirdness or anything like that. Uh, but Janet Yellen, she added to this uh, when she talked about uh, sanctions on the dollar, which is what is causing these problems. She said, quote, uh, on Sunday, there's a risk when we use financial sanctions that are linked to the role of the dollar that over time it could undermine hedge money of the dollar. And that's exactly what is happening here. And that's why China, Brazil, uh, all these other countries, yeah. uh, France, the uh, other uh, Malaysia, the prime ministers and presidents of those uh, countries are saying, we're going to do this in our own currency and we don't need the dollar anymore. We don't have to worry about America throwing her financial weight around if we don't have any of their stuff, <laughs> meaning the dollar. I mean, that, I had never thought about that with China, but it makes perfect sense because, you know, well, first of all, there's not much we can do militarily, nor do I think we should. And so China, you know, they, they would love to not have to go through that. They can't land ground forces yet. That's what they're working on with their military. But eventually yep. we can't do that. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to throw sanctions on you. Yeah, but if they're using a bunch of one and other currency other than the dollar, then they're like, yeah, 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 whatever. I mean, we don't have to worry about you guys because we don't use your money that much. <laughs> I mean, it's a powerful it's thought. No purpose, yeah, at that point. Yeah, just remarkable. What about the debt ceiling? That that became an issue several months ago, and, and I know that it's going to be an issue soon, but is there an update on that? Yeah, it's being talked about in financial news on CNBC today. Uh, McCarthy, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, was on CNBC. I've watched and listened to some of it. So there's been no negotiations, basically, for the last 75 days. And what McCarthy is pledging, just to put this off a year into – a year from now, and uh, President Biden's going to say no deal on that if they brought this type of bill before him. Uh, so the Congressional Budget Office projects that uh, early as July we'll run out of money, and if we don't raise the debt ceiling, could be as late as September, uh, well, if we don't raise the debt ceiling, it'll default. And it's just a curious note, here's a fact. Out of the last seven debt ceiling farces over the past decade, Steve I can tell you that not one debt ceiling ever uh, debate ever actually slowed down the growth of our right. debt. Yep. Yeah, it's just chatter because uh, they have to say that. They have to have their little battle. It's like kabuki theater. And then they raise it and they move on because they're actually not serious about it at all. 
uh, which is why it's so frustrating every time it happens. What about? Uh, but at least there, there's a financial savior here in this story, David. Right? Central bank digital currency, <laughs> plus what the what our own government wants to do with digital currency. So what's an update on that? So there's 111 countries working on digital currencies now. Uh, the uh, ECB, European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde, said over the weekend that they're going to launch a central bank digital currency and they're using it for control. She's personally convinced that they have to move ahead with a digital euro. Uh, the IMF, International Monetary Fund. So those of us are wondering as, as believers, how in the world are we going to get to a one world currency? I think I have the answer today, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, the IMF, just unbeknownst to me, I just was doing my studying and I came across it, that they unleashed a new global currency, the International Monetary Fund. This is not a country. This is a fund that all countries abide by. And the IMF has a lot of control. They la- launched this thing called a Universal Monetary Unit. They didn't put it together. They hired a company that did it. I got more questions than there's answers. Not enough time to go whatever I do know. But I do know this. They wrote an extensive handbook on how central banks can get the central bank digital currencies out there. So this is a global digital currency that all currencies can interact with. You thought that was scary enough? Here's the other part. How about the Bank of International Settlements? The Fed bows down to the BIS, the Bank of International Settlements, as all central banks. They are doing a thing called Project Icebreaker. Central banks from Israel, Norway, Sweden all join forces with the Bank of International Settlements and the Innovation Hub Nordic Center in a project called Icebreaker on how central banks using digital currency on a retail level how they can interact and settle amongst each other in a one-world system. Boom. Which, as things get worse, this is why the Great Reset, guys, you go study that. That's real uh, when you look yep. at the World Economic Forum. And the Great Re- as things get worse, the answer has to become more and more radical. And sooner or later, this will all, to most people on this planet, they'll go, okay, I understand. This is the only way we can all survive. This is the only way we can make it work is a universal monetary unit, as the IMF uh, does it, and then you got Project Icebreaker, which sounds like it's right out of a James Bond movie. But that's exactly what's happening, and we know eventually it's going to happen because God already told us it's going to happen, which is why, uh, as we finish up our time here in the last two minutes, David, that's why gold and silver as, as a holding, a physical holding, makes so much sense because it's outside of all that madness. Is that correct generally? surprise of what we're talking about today because it is a signs of the time and gold and silver takes you out of that system which you if we don't do anything we're all yeah. going to have 100 percent of our money thrown into this system but that's why central banks are buying gold aggressively either to back their currency or because they see this as a big financial problem there's not going right. to be a fix all to everything but it will be in control that's why i call my company learn about getting some gold and silver and this huge benefits of that rollover your 401k IRA things like that no pressure no obligation just education and hand holding yeah get educated and learn how to diversify how do they contact you David uh, phone is easiest the old-fashioned way 844-604-2575 that's 844-604-2575 or website landmarkgold.com Excellent. Thank you, brother. God bless you. We'll talk to you real soon. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. And like 
my dad always used to say. Another program powered by the Truth Network.